Alright, welcome in. Taking the field with Stevie Mac. This is episode 6 of the podcast now. And I want to say that I did hit my goal of over 100 views in the first 5 episodes overall on the podcast. So I'm extremely happy about that. So thank you to all of you for listening. Um, Just a quick update on the picks last week. I told you guys, I told you to stop picking Nebraska. I mean, when will you learn? You've picked Nebraska every single week, and I'm pretty sure every single week you've lost now. And the last one coming against Purdue this past weekend. And I even picked Purdue in that game. So maybe eventually you guys will take my advice and just stop picking them and realizing they're just not a very good football team. So the other news from this past couple days since I haven't been on the podcast in a little while is the news that Willie Taggart's out at Florida State, and one of the names being floated around there last night on Twitter uh, to replace Taggart was P.J. Fleck, and this afternoon Minnesota announced that he's getting a new seven-year contract extension at Minnesota for him and his staff, which will give them all bonuses moving forward. And it was funny because one of the other names I noticed when they released like the odds for um, replacing Willie Taggart with these different coaches, one of which was Jim Harbaugh, no shocker there. He's literally attached to every open coaching position ever known to mankind at any level of football. Um, But one of the names I saw 50 to 1 odd was Bobby Bowden, named as one of the odds for the Florida State job, which I thought was hilarious considering he's a couple days away from turning 90, and he hasn't coached a game in a decade. Like, think about this. The last time Bobby Bowden coached a football game, I was in the sixth grade. For reference, I'm a few months away from turning 22. That's how long it's been since Bobby Bowden's coached a football game. So I I really don't think that he'll be on the short list for that job. And now neither will P.J. Fleck. And then on this Tuesday evening, Michigan and Michigan State tipping off their basketball seasons tonight. Michigan will be in action against Appalachian State from Chrysler Arena at 7 o'clock on BTN. Michigan State tipping their season off against Kentucky in the Champions Classic on ESPN at 9.30. But the main topic I wanted to get to today on the podcast, I've been talking a lot about football since the podcast started, a lot of Michigan, a lot of Lions, a little bit of Michigan State, and you know, even showing some love to teams like Minnesota. But I want to kind of flip it, and I want to talk a little basketball today. Specifically, I want to talk about Andre Drummond and the way he's played to start this season and really kind of looking back at the season that was for Andre Drummond a year ago, because I really have this one question that I need answered more than anything, and that's, why do people not like Andre Drummond? Not as a person, but why do they not like him as a basketball player? You know, they say he just isn't good enough, he isn't, you know, fast enough, he isn't athletic enough, he isn't trying hard enough or puts enough effort in, and I watch the Pistons Probably about as much as anybody. I try to watch them as much as much as possible. I wouldn't say that I watch all 82 games, but I do watch a good majority, and I watch him play, and I just don't seem to get it. I don't get where this hate for him as a player comes from. Because when you go back and look at what he was able to do last year, 
He put up his highest field goal percentage of his career. He was he had his second highest total rebound average per game last year at 15 and a half, but he also had the highest offensive rebounds per game at 5.4 last season. He had the highest steal average of his career at 1.7 and second highest block average at 1.7 of his career and had the highest points per game average of his career at the time at 17.3. Now this year through the first eight games, he's averaging a little over 22, but for a full season, that was his highest average so far at 17.3. And when you go back and compare what he did last season with guys at his position that play similar styles to him, I looked at DeMarcus Cousins, Carl Anthony Towns, and the beloved Joel Embiid. I bet if you took their four stats, those four guys' stats, took away their names, and had you pick which one Andres was, I bet you couldn't do it. Because when you compare the numbers, Andre had more rebounds and more steals per game than all three. He had more blocks per game than Cousins and Towns and had a higher field goal percentage than all three. And that's really one of the biggest things I saw outside of the whole not trying hard enough thing was people just ripping on his shooting percentage because they're like, oh, he he just shoots these little bunnies underneath the underneath the net. You know, he gets all these putbacks and things like that, these easy hook shots and things like that. How does he not convert more of those? Well, that might be true. But at the same time, he's also being mauled by half the opposing defense under under the basket. So the fact that he even gets the shot off at all is pretty impressive to me, let alone the fact that he hits over 50% of those when he's got the entire defense draped all over him. But he has a higher field goal percentage last year than those other three guys I just named. And all three of those guys at some point have been considered to be better at the position than he is. So if he's putting up equal or better numbers than them and you think he's trash what does that say about them you know what does that say about your beloved Joel Embiid who is known as the truth or whatever the truth is he's no better than Andre that's the truth you can say what you want but the numbers speak for themselves sure head to head Joel might have the edge against Andre when they play each other but over the course of an 82-game season, what's the difference between the two? I just gave you the numbers. So I compare Andre to Matthew Stafford because they're both Detroit pro athletes who I think are extremely, extremely underappreciated at their positions and what they do for their teams. Because when you look at Stafford, he played all last season with a broken back, and he had no weapons to speak of on offense. He had half a season of Golden Tate. He had a half a season of Marvin Jones. He had maybe half a season of Carrion Johnson. He had no tight ends with any sort of legitimate pass-catching ability. And he got ripped. But what more could he have done? He did what he could do with what he had. Same as Andre. He put up career numbers last year and outperformed players of similar ability last season that are seen as better than him, as I mentioned. And for a couple games last year, I think it was like a three or four game stretch where he sat out due to a back injury. 
because of the phys- physicality of the way he plays under the rim, but he sat out with a back injury for a few games last year, and during that time, the Pistons, I watched them, the Pistons lost all ability to rebound the basketball at both ends of the floor and lost their ability to maintain a post presence, especially on defense. And during those three or four games, they gave up the most points of the season during that span without him. And I think that similar to Matt Stafford, if you want Andre to succeed, you have to give him more around him to work with. Because right now the Pistons are 3-5 and five without Blake Griffin and without Reggie. Last night they didn't even have Derrick Rose or Tim Frazier. But, but without Blake Griffin and Reggie Jackson specifically, and Andre is still putting up 21 points a game, that would be a career high, 2.5 blocks per game, 1.8 steals, 2.5 assists, and 19.5 rebounds per game. What more can you ask of the guy on a team that's currently below 500? I promise you, I absolutely promise you, that there are far bigger problems on this team than Andre Drummond. Because, if anything, Andre Drummond is not the problem. If anything, he's the solution. He's been the solution to your injury problems through these first eight games. No Blake, no Reggie, no problem. The guy's going to go out there and give you 20-20 a game. I tweeted this out the other day. If the worst game he's had at this point in the season through the first eight games is a a 12.13 rebound and two block game, then he's clearly doing something right. If that's his worst game this season, then I promise you he's doing all he can. Because I read a stat on Twitter the other night that said he's like the third player in NBA history to have as many 2020 games this early in the season as he's had. And he's like the third player in franchise history to have as many as he's had over the past year and a half, I believe it said. So again, I'll say it again. I promise you, Andre Drummond is not the problem. Give him more to work with. When Blake comes back, when Reggie comes back, I'm sure you'll see a difference. But when they come back, he might not be putting up these, you know, 21 points, 24 rebound type games anymore because obviously you have to give Blake the ball every once in a while. Obviously Reggie's going to try and go out and get his, but I absolutely promise you that last season and now, Andre Drummond was not and is not the problem for the Pistons. So that's what I wanted to get to today because like I said, I, I just still do not understand it. I do not understand why Andre gets so much heat. Because put it this way, if you think he's not trying hard, putting up those numbers, what can you say about all the other guys on the team? You know, what can you say about Bruce Brown? What can you say about Langston Galloway? About Thon Maker? What about those guys? Sure, they're not making $20 million like Andre is, but they should still be held accountable. But anyway, that's what I wanted to get to today on the podcast. Don't forget Michigan and MSU tipping their seasons off tonight. Michigan taking on App State at Chrysler at 7 p.m. At 7 p.m. There we go. On BTN. And MSU plays Kentucky in the Champions Classic at 9.30 over on ESPN. And this has been episode 6 of Taking the Field with Stevie Mack. Thanks for listening.